and welcome back to the Quiet Connections podcast. I'm Stacey. Do you often feel like you overstretch yourself, taking on more than what you actually can manage? And when somebody asks you for your help, you instantly say yes because to say no leaves you feeling wrecked with guilt. Perhaps you struggle with boundaries, unsure of where your responsibilities end and another person's begins. Has this left you feeling exhausted, resentful, unmotivated, and maybe like you just don't care anymore? If this sounds like you, then stay tuned because you may be experiencing what's known as burnout. In this episode, I'm joined by the lovely Iwana Patali, who's going to guide us through what burnout actually is and how to recognize its early warning signs. What underlying forces are driving the behaviours which lead to burnout in the first place? And most importantly, what do you need to know and do to help heal it? So grab a cuppa, settle in, and let's get to it. Hi, Iwana. It's so lovely to have you join us and welcome to the Quiet Connections podcast. I'm really, really looking forward actually to having this chat with you today because we're going to be talking about burnout. And whilst I've heard of burnout before, I don't actually know a lot about it. So I'm really looking forward to hearing more about what it is, where it comes from, what we can do to help ourselves if we're experiencing it. And yeah, just do a little bit of exploring around this this topic with you today. But before we get to that, would you like to start just by introducing yourself and what it is that you do? Sure, sure thing. Thank you, Stacey. Uh, thank you for inviting me. And uh, I'm super, super excited to be here and to share my burnout story and to share a little bit more about burnout because it is such an important subject and uh, it's such a common topic that a lot of people don't even know, uh, you know, that they're going through burnout. So the more awareness we can bring to the topic, uh, I think that the more, the, the better it will be for the people going through this without realizing. You're actually a coach as well, aren't you? Could you tell us a little bit more about your, your coaching practice? Yes, yes. Um, yes, so I started uh, as a coach uh, almost a year ago. Uh, because I, uh, you know, it's funny how I always say that my burnout has turned into one of my biggest breakthroughs, actually, and how, you know, burnout is not, is not something to be ashamed of. Um, because I myself, so I, w- I was in a super good career, in a super good role, um, advancing and being promoted quite often and, you know, feeling like I'm really, really good at my job. Um, but then, you know, um, one day I just woke up and I realized that I've been feeling exhausted for quite a few months that I've been complaining about my work (laughs) to my husband and friends constantly (laughs) for quite quite a few months for maybe more than than half a year and I realized that I was so I had been so busy doing 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 you know and had taken zero time for myself and to reconnect with myself and to you know check in with with myself and um make sure that i'm still on track with my values and i'm still you know what i'm doing is still aligned with my values and i just realized one day that oh i I don't know who i am anymore like i i don't know how i got here It, it just felt like the past six months to one year it just went by so fast and I didn't know 
what why am i working so much you know like almost 14 hours a day every day um i was constantly thinking about work uh 24 7 even when i was off work um of course i was checking my email first thing in the morning and last thing at, at night before going to sleep um so i didn't realize and that's exactly what's specific about about burnout that it kind of acts like a snowball it starts very small um, and you think like, okay, I'm just going to work late today. You know, <laughs> I'm just gonna, just going to help out my colleague today. It's just this one time, you know, they really need my help and it's okay. It's fine. Uh, okay. It's just what this weekend. It's okay. I, I'll get a vacation when this big project finishes, you know, or I'll get some rest when this big client, when this client who's upset and who's very important to us, they'll, they'll, they'll be happier or something like that, you know? And you kind of keep postponing uh, that time where you reconnect with yourself and with your values and you take some rest and then all of a sudden you're in burnout and you have, you know, you have very little energy to get out of it. So that's, uh, that's the story in a nutshell. And that's exactly once I, uh, once I realized um, that I'm very exhausted and burnt out, um, it's actually been a dream of mine to, to work with people, to serve people in this manner. Um, and I realized, okay, maybe this is the perfect time. Um, I think this is a sign that I'm, I have not been doing, you know, work, working with a meaning uh, for some time. I have not been doing, um, living out my purpose. Um, so maybe this is the perfect time to actually take a break and uh, start, uh, start my coaching practice. And ever since then, because I experienced burnout and I managed to uh, overcome it on my own with a lot of self-work and a lot of time invested and books read and, you know, a lot of self-coaching and coaching, I decided, okay, um, I would really, really love to help people in this manner specifically uh, to overcome burnout. That's such an amazing story. And I actually feel like there's there's a lot in there to unpack and that perhaps we can get to exploring all those details throughout this um you know just from exploring actually what burnout is but there was also something in there about discovering purpose as well mm-hmm. which perhaps we can touch on a little bit later mm-hmm. so for those who are listening who perhaps haven't heard of burnout before could you describe you know what it is what is burnout mm-hmm. sure thing sure um, so it's actually a diagnosis. Um, it's, uh, it's been coined by the World Health Organization as well. And um, it's, it's actually related just to work as of now. As of now, it's been you know, pinpoint, pinpointed to uh, work, being dissatisfied with your uh, work, basically. And you can tell that you're in burnout if you have the following symptoms. Uh, if you're no longer enjoying work, if your productivity has decreased, your creativity has decreased, um, if you, th- there are some physical symptoms as well, such as trouble sleeping, digestion issues, uh, headaches, uh, migraines, um, back pains, because uh, it, it's very common, especially among people you know, who work um, from, from an office and who have a very, without realizing, they are so... Uh, working so uh, they are focusing so much on it to work that they they literally forget about their physical needs and about they don't realize that they're sitting in such a bad posture for so many hours a day like me now 
<laughs> me as well i'm also being very aware <laughs> okay am i sitting in a good posture right now um <laughs> yeah so uh back pains um even dehydration you know because again you forget even to go to the washroom and you know to drink water and so many people eat in front of their laptops uh or they eat very fast and so hence the many digestion issues um that that they encounter um and uh, most common i would say there's the emotional detachment so basically when you start feeling um um besides the the obvious uh, exhaustion and fatigue um you're there's you start not caring anymore and which is weird because people who uh, go into burnout are usually people who care a lot like they really they really care about getting the job done uh they they are super ambitious they're uh, they have a lot of perseverance they love helping people so it's very weird for them because wait i was not this person at all like i used to give 110% in everything that i was doing and today I, I nowadays i'm waking up and i don't feel like doing anything at all and i'm i'm secretly even resentful at everyone who's asking me things and i think this is this is a very good uh, sign of burnout when you you're starting to you know be uh, to resent the people that you used to love helping out now because you're so tired you're like what does everyone want from me like <laughs> give me a break but the but then again you feel ashamed for feeling so resentful uh and you don't you know you don't even dare to address that topic because it's it's so you know filled with so so many complex emotions wow again i think there's there's quite a few layers in that isn't there so first thing i picked up on is that there's something around um a detachment from like self care which mm-hmm. maybe we can explore a little bit in the moment um there's also something there around to me what sounds like a lot of shame and I'm wondering mm-hmm. like if you can maybe share some of the underlying fears and behaviors that that are actually at force underneath this burnout and which is potentially leading to burnout mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah great question yeah definitely a lot of shame because what fuels uh, burnout and what i've noticed from from my own um, experience with clients from you know studying myself i've turned myself into kind of a lab lab rat <laughs> just to <laughs> make sure that i really dissect this topic mm-hmm. and i understand it um, profoundly but also from from the academic studies is that what's very common among people who reach burnout is that they are as they call it overly responsible So a lot of times these people um as children they used to be the more responsible ones in their uh, households. So for example maybe they were the eldest sibling who was taking care of the younger brothers um or maybe they were someone you know uh like it happened in my case as well and so many cases where one of the parents is in depression or absent or alcoholic or dealing with an addiction. So basically what ends up happening is that the the adult in the house is unavailable so then the child um starts feeling like okay there's no room here for my needs or you know to be a child i have to step up i have to take the responsibility of taking care of the people around me uh even you know i've i've had a client who um had an alcoholic mother and uh, ever since the age of 9 she had to single-handedly take care of the entire house like cook 
uh, do the dishes, the laundry and cleaning and everything uh, by herself and taking care of her younger sister. And she was doing that while taking only uh, A grades, you know, in school, being an A grade uh, student in everything. Uh, so you, starting from that, you start becoming overly responsible. You take a lot of, you, you have a lot of control over your environment because you have to. But then as adult, um, this is something that obviously served you as, as a child. And as adult, you don't realize that this is not the normal. You know, you don't realize that you're, take, you're being overly responsible. You're thinking, I'm just responsible. I'm just doing my thing. You know, like this is how how I operate. This is how the, the world goes around. So without realizing you enter dynamics where you are being overly responsible and you, the people around you enforce this dynamic. So you may find, you know, maybe even leaders or bosses who depend on you a lot, who really put a lot on your plate because that, that really makes you feel important and useful and um, significant in the workplace or colleagues who always need your help. You know, they see you as a mentor and, and you really enjoy doing that, right? Because that's what gives you significance and purpose. But then obviously you overextend yourself and you become exhausted and burnt out at which point you have no energy left to give. And that's when, you know, that, that massive amount of shame comes because again, you don't know who you are anymore and the, the identity that you think you have like, wait, I'm supposed to be the superhero. And this is exactly what happens. People see you as the superhero, but you, in, you in, in, um, within yourself, you see yourself as a super failure. You think like, I'm not doing anything up to, to my mark, you know? So there's a lot of, there's a big disconnect. You may even call it imposter syndrome between what other people see and they even ask, you know, how do you do it all? And so they reinforce that behavior. They like everyone around you uh, applauds you for this. Like, wow, I can't believe you're doing so much and you're helping everyone and you're volunteering here and there and there. And wow, you're like this massive superhero, you know? And inside yourself, you're actually feeling like I'm barely keeping it all together. I'm barely, I'm, I'm terrified that one of these days I'm going to drop one of the many balls that I've been uh, juggling with. There's something there around attaching like achievements to like a self of sense, a sense of self-worth or something there, but that actually other people in society are kind of reinforcing that and potentially actually making that worse and furthering that message that actually you need to achieve more and do more in order to to be worthy. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You you put it uh, in the, in the exact right words. That that's where it, what it is basically. You you start basing your worth on uh, on what you produce, on what you can do for other people, on your achievement, and sometimes even you know as adult on your earning potential. Because right, money we we equalize money with what we can do for people. So if you don't earn a lot of money, then people start feeling like okay, I'm not, you know, I'm not doing my job. I'm not, I'm not worthy. I'm not um, solving enough problems uh, for the world. Yeah, so really underneath all of this is burnout or what leads to burnout um, is really a sense of not feeling good enough. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. And the only way you can feel good enough, you know, it, it's kind of like you have to earn your worthiness. You know, you... The, 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 
this category of people uh, of which I'm, I'm a part of really struggle, you know, with er earning their worthiness. Like, okay, what can I do? Like, they're, they're really thinking, they're constantly thinking, what can I do to actually, you know, prove once and for all that, okay, I deserve my place here. I deserve my place at the table. So that, that's how they do it. They, they solve problems for other people. Other people are loving it because, <laughs> right? <laughs> Why wouldn't they? And as you, as you said, as you rightly put it, they reinforce that behavior. Yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting way of putting it, that the question essentially that they're asking themselves is what can I do to prove my worthiness? And I think when, when we lay it out like that, I don't know, like I, I feel an awful lot of compassion actually towards that to be like, wow, that's, that's really not coming from a good place. And I know that there is this uh, dynamic within society where there's like over-functioners and then under-functioners and everyone's kind of reinforcing each other's behaviours. I know me and my colleague Haley have had this discussion before because we kind of fall on either side of the spectrum. Um, interestingly, I tend to lean actually more towards the under-functioning because of beliefs around being capable enough and that kind of freezes me and paralyzes that then the, <laughs> the other side of that is that then everybody else is picking up all the other all the other stuff because they feel responsible for it so there is this really interesting dynamic that I think that happens and what do you feel like needs to change in order for all of us to stop, um, or I suppose start working more together and to stop this kind of cycle of unworthiness that's actually driving all of it, regardless yeah. of what side you're on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the point you made because that's exactly what it is. Like we, we enable each other. Um, and, you know, for every over-functional person, there's always an under-functional and for both of them, uh, lack, lack of, perceived lack of worthiness is, is the cause. And I think the more awareness we have towards each other, you know, like for me, for example, one of my enable, enablers was my sister. And we both got educated, you know, we both got, got um, awareness around this subject and we realized, okay, there's this dynamic between us where I, I'm always, you know, trying to rescue her. She's always needing my help and accepting it. And she doesn't realize when, you know, I, there's no one to care for my needs and so on. And we found such a, by, by addressing this topic together, as probably it happened with you and Haley, by addressing it in an open and candid manner, we real, now we're kind of keeping each other accountable, you know, and uh, she's always making sure, hey, are, is your cup full enough? Can you help me with this? She all, now she always checks in with me before asking for my help because she knows I have this tendency of giving help even when I am uh, tired and I can't, uh, you know, I don't have the resources and so on. And I also understand her now a lot better. You know, I understand where she's coming from. Uh, and so we're, we decided, okay, I'm going to be responsible for myself. And she uh, understands that she has to be responsible for herself as well. Yeah, and I think that's really the key, isn't it, is that we start to move towards that place of responsibility and, and accountability for who we are, as opposed to yeah. Uh, yeah. that externally, I suppose, or, or yeah, projecting that externally. So, yeah. And I, I think that kind of circles back around to this idea around um, the self-care aspect of, of mm -hmm. and bringing that mm -hmm. attention back internally. What do you think yeah. we or like a person who is 
may be experiencing burnout, what, what is it that they need then to be able to start recovering or, or healing, healing the burnout? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the first step is, as, in, as with everything, is to uh, recognize, to acknowledge that you're going through burnout. I think that the, the faster you admit that uh, you, you stop the denial, um, I think the, fast, that the faster you can actually start you know, taking care of your needs and becoming more aware of, okay, how tired am I really? What is my capacity really today? Uh, so that, you know, when some, because people, just because you realize you're in burnout and you're overly responsible and so on, it doesn't mean that people all of a sudden will stop asking things from you, right? Because they, they, like, they know you as the person that they can rely on. They know you as the overly responsible one who will, you know, whenever they give you a task, you, you do it to perfection and you do it within the deadline and do it without any help. So people love giving you tasks, right? Because you're someone who, who performs so well. Um, so they're not going to change that overnight. You, you need to give people some time. Uh, and you need to give yourself uh, a lot of uh, a lot of self um, compassion, especially. Um, and then you know again awareness as to what can I really get done today? What what are my what's my capacity today? And having that in mind whenever people make requests uh, or something comes up, and being ready to you know take some time uh, to. Uh, sort through what's draining you, what's energizing you, where is the misalignment um, between your your values and what's happening in your life right now. So really uh, identifying those causes um, and then working on each one, one by one. It, it's a, burnout is a complex thing. Unfortunately, it's not something that can be worked on, you know, um, overnight or in a matter of one or two sessions. Um, so it, people generally need about maybe two or three months to, and that's the process that we usually go through, uncovering the roots of the burnout, um, specifically for them, and then, you know, uh, attacking each, each specific problem um, at once. Yeah, amazing. So I think the question that came up for me then was what was the importance of like the the reconnecting with values in terms of helping you to to overcome burnout? Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times what happens uh, with people is that because they're having that, uh, you know, uh, very strong sense of duty, uh, a lot of times they will not agree with certain things that happen in their workplace, for example. You know, the, the, maybe the direction that the company is going in or maybe the way their leaders do things. Or, you know, a lot of times, a lot of, for example, nurses and teachers um, are, are uh, in burnout. Why? Because they really only want, it, and it's called a stress sandwich, because it, it, you're basically, basically caught between uh, a lot of requests from above, a lot of pressure from above, you know, to from even government uh, requirements and, uh, you know, hospital procedures and stuff like that. Um, and then the, the requests of your patients or in the case of teachers, the, the, the needs of the children. And you're caught in, in between. And these two parties 
don't talk to each other and they have very uh, actually very conflicting interests right like the, the hospital wants to make money the patient wants to receive empathy so you know like how do you do both or this can happen even when you're like a middle manager for example your boss wants efficiency and puts, may put a lot of pressure on you to get things done whereas you care a lot about the team that you're managing and they need time and they need empathy and you you want to uh, groom them you know you want to invest in them <laughs> And so this, this, there's a conflict of interest there and um, you really want to do it, but then you don't know how to deal with, uh, with that tension there. And so you work really, really hard for something that you really don't believe in anymore. And that's, I think that's one of the biggest myths around burnout that a lot of people think it's related to the, the workload, to the number of hours that you're working. And it's not that. It's, you know, you can, you can work even 14 hours a day for quite a long time and still be very happy and still be very balanced and very uh, have a lot of energy when your values align with your activity, with what you're doing. You know, you are at peace with yourself. You don't have any inner conflicts. Uh, you feel meaningful. You, f- uh, you feel like uh, you have autonomy over your work. But when these things are missing and you feel you have no control over your work and you have no control over the, the vision in which, you know, uh, maybe the company is going or your, your workplace is going. And at the same time, maybe you're also not recognized. You're not receiving enough recognition for your efforts. And if, if to this you even add some, you know, lack of ethics, you know, maybe uh, the company is doing something that you really consider unethical and so on. Um, and you work really hard for something that you truly don't believe in, that's when you go into burnout. So that's why the key to burnout is to actually discover, okay, where is the misalignment and how do I fix this? How do I, you know, maybe have the difficult conversations that I need to have at work? Or maybe how do I, sometimes some people choose to change their jobs because the, the environment is simply just too toxic to recover there. Wow. So I don't know if that made sense if I answered your question. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, the key thing that I took away from that is that it is about realigning and it's about getting back in tune with what's important to you. Um, And and yeah, what what your needs are, which I think you've really Mm -hmm. expressed as something that actually is is being sacrificed a lot. So Mm -hmm. that makes Mm -hmm. complete sense. And I, I get the feeling that it's... I want to say there's something in there about boundaries as well and like Mm. being able to recognize your your values and what's important and having that alignment then means actually you can can bring some more boundaries in place which perhaps prevents future burnout (laughs) from occurring (laughs) a hundred percent yes a hundred percent that's that's basically the solution once you know once you've if you've fixed let's let's uh, put it this way the inner conflicts that you have then you kind of, that, that's the point where you realize, okay, so I actually have quite a lot of relationships where I've not been happy for quite a long time. And now I have to deal with that. You know, you can't just avoid, like you can avoid conflict, obviously, <laughs> and then situations, but it's not advisable um, if you want to, you know, um, I, I've had uh, clients, for example, who, who are uh, well on their way to retire at 40. Uh, by working in by keeping that particular workplace you know by keeping that particular role so obviously it was super important for them to overcome burnout and fix uh, fix the problems that were in that particular workplace 
Um, and this, this is not the only scenario. There, there can be many examples. So uh, setting boundaries is the, 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 the <laughs> most definitely the solution uh, to do that. And yeah, but then again, setting boundaries is something that does not come easily to, to overly responsible people. No, I don't think they come easy to many many of us, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I kind of want to throw a little bit of a, a spanner in the works here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that, like you mentioned, that the official definition of, of burnout is kind of centred around that that overextender and the person who mm-hmm. just keeps going and going and going and going, mm-hmm. very high achievers and and behaviours kind of like that. Um, mm-hmm. But some of a lot of the the underlying behaviors and fears that that you've identified here and that you're working with, mm-hmm. I know are also very common in let's call them the the underfunctioners, the the me's of the world. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I suppose, like my question really is is around: Can a person still experience burnout from avoiding, like, if they were in a, a position of like avoiding? Um, achievements or or really taking on responsibilities and stuff because of also the anxieties and that that are experienced around not meeting people's expectations or um, a fear of not being good enough a fear of not being competent Mm -hmm. um, afraid to like speak out or voice their opinions because they're afraid of uh, other people's responses saying that they're wrong something like that is there still any kind of level there of burnout being able to to be experienced around Mm -hmm. that (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's a really great question that's a really good question and I've been thinking about it Mm -hmm. because I've been noticing that there are people you know who who that that, uh, as you call them uh as you say uh under functioning uh, they appear to be under functioning or underperforming you know like they're they're at the opposite spectrum um, of of the over performers. It it looks from outside that they're not doing much, right? Yeah. From the outside, from it the looks outside. <laughs> <laughs> like they're not doing much. <laughs> but uh, and to be honest, I don't know the answer to this because it's it has not been. I've been working on this and studying this and noticing that hey, ex- the, what's happening in their inner world is exactly what's happening in the inner world of the over, overly responsible people. It's very, very, like, as you pointed out very well, the roots are the same. The behaviors uh, are different, but the roots and what happens uh, in, inside their, their mind is very, very similar. Imposter syndrome, um, fear of failure. Um, I don't know, the one thing that I've noticed that may be different between these two categories is the ease with which they set boundaries and they say no. Um, and uh, here it would be, uh, I'd be curious to hear from you, like if this is something you noticed or not. From my personal perspective, mm-hmm. I really struggle with boundaries. Mm-hmm. And um, okay. I think the main difference I would say is potentially that it's less uh people pleasing in terms of Mm -hmm. moving towards making sure that you're getting things done in order to please the person yeah Um, but more like I've heard this time before there is collapse and submit so it's more Mm -hmm. like a submissive state of like Mm. you don't say no 
but you're very resistant to doing it. So there's a lot of procrastination. There's a lot of delay. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And until that's really kind of, you know, you have to do it now type thing, you don't get it done. Or the other person then eventually swoops in and just picks it up before Mm -hmm. you motivate yourself, I suppose, to do it. But the underlying thing still is that you you're internally saying no but externally saying yes <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah. the the coping mechanism is different like whereas usually the over functionals uh, go straight into action mode and they do the stuff that they said they they will do the under functionals are are saying yes and they go over into procrastination <laughs> before <laughs> before yes. doing it yeah avoiding yeah. it as much as possible until it's too late <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So there is something there for sure. There is something there uh, for sure to to be uh, furthermore studied and uh, you know looked uh, looked into. But uh, as of now, the, all the all the academic research that I found and uh, that's been done on burnout, uh, it generally refers to overfunctional uh, people um, who do too much, who work too 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 many hours, and again with with a misalignment of of values. But I have been asking myself the same, same question: Is it possible? that it's actually, is it still burnout or is it something really similar, um, but, you know, with, with different uh, nuances? Yeah, I think that's such a fascinating thing. And yeah, I think it's really exciting, actually, that, that you're exploring mm-hmm. that and to see is, is it the same or is it, yeah, like you said, something slightly different. I'd be really interested to hear kind of where you get to that in the future. Yeah, yeah, um, I'll definitely get back to you on that. Yeah, that would be great. But yeah, I think what I'm taking away from this is that really the underlying theme here is that sense of unworthiness. It's Mm -hmm. shame and unworthiness and all these behaviors on top of it of trying to to gain and seek some form of Mm -hmm. validation and approval. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's such a pity, you know, and actually, whenever I think of this, I think of, uh, uh, and I hope I'm pronouncing her name uh, correctly, Malala Youssef's father. Um, he was asked, uh, so she's, she's this very awesome activist for, for Palestinian young women to get access to education. And so she's, a, she's a, definitely a role model of courage, of bravery, of, you know, being her authentic self despite all obstacles. And she was, um, and uh, she's very close to her father. So her father was once asked by a reporter, like, what did you do with Malala? Like, how how did you uh, raise her that she became the woman she is today? And his answer was, I did not cut her wings. And I think that's, that's exactly what goes wrong, you know? So, so many parents out of love, really, out of, uh, you know, trying to make you, to turn you into a responsible adult, uh, and helping you, you know, uh, be your best self, they kind of, like our generation of parents, they kind of didn't know how to do that. And we can't, like, there, there is something to think about that they did not have the resources that we have today. So they had way less information on this. But basically, you know, out of trying to, to help us be responsible, they really, you know, uh, many times they, they cut the wings uh, of, of the people in our generation um, and uh, accidentally made them believe like, you know, you work hard, uh, you, you are what you earn, uh, you gotta help people, you gotta do this, you gotta be obedient, you gotta not stir the pot and stuff like that. And um, that's when you are a good kid, you know? Yeah, I love that phrase. 
the the cutting of the wings and basically what I'm taking away from this then is that we all need to regrow our wings (laughs) yeah this is a process of regrowing the wings yeah I love that (laughs) um okay so just to to finish up do you have any like last words of of kindness that you'd like to extend to our quiet community or for anyone out there who's listening that is experiencing burnout right now Hmm. that's a that's a great question um I guess I would say hang in there it's not permanent it is figureoutable it has a it has a solution and it's not your fault but um there is something that you can do to to fix it and uh, the sooner you get uh, you know someone on board to help you with uh, with burnout the faster your your quality of life will improve lovely thank you so much and if anyone thank wants you, to reach out to you where can they find you um uh, sure on uh, instagram uh, at uh, iwana and i know that's super hard to <laughs> like no one would guess the the spelling of my name <laughs> but uh, so that's iwana patale dash uh, burnout guide uh, and on iwanapatale.com and we'll provide some links to, to that. So yeah. <laughs> just click on it and go directly to you. <laughs> Amazing. Well, yeah. thank you so much for coming on and speaking to me today. I, I found that really fascinating to hear all about burnout. I think that was a really insightful conversation. <laughs> thank you so much, Stacey. It was such a, such a pleasant conversation. And I really hope that uh, everyone in your audience listening to this will really find uh, value in it. I'm sure they will, yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks for listening and I hope you've taken away some valuable insights to work with. You can always join our wonderfully supportive quiet community for free to connect with others who are working through similar challenges. It's a great space to share and encourage one another. You can find out more by visiting quietconnections.co.uk. Be sure to tune in again next week. And in the meantime, stay connected.